This episode of the You and Me podcast contains triggering and sensitive material. Violence, domestic violence and abuse are some topics mentioned within this podcast. If you do feel triggered, please know that there are resources to help and follow along in our show notes for where to go if you need. Welcome to the You and Me podcast, season three, the podcast for real brides looking for real advice. This episode of Wedding Planning Q&A is brought to you by The Bridal Journey and Wonderlust Creative. And we're back. So after a short break to regroup, interview some amazing brides, plan our Q&A episodes for the coming seasons, which by the way, you are all loving so much and decide on the direction we will be taking this podcast for the following year. We have returned to give you our answers and opinions on your questions and concerns on those pressing topics. So today on the podcast, we discuss event contracts and TNCs, what to look for, what to be wary of and why they exist in the first place. Hello, Laura. Good morning, Andy. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm so good. That's good. So So we're back. Oh my gosh, we are so back. It feels good. Yeah, a little bit of a break. I think we needed a break. I think it was just such a wild I mean god we only released the podcast in August Mm. so it was in the middle of COVID yeah (laughs) like we did it's been crazy so um yeah I think it's been a really good few weeks to be able to regroup we have interviewed some incredible brides um and I'm really looking forward to this season yeah it's, it's just good to have those couple of weeks because as you would understand the wedding season in Australia is pretty much picking up. It seems like we are kind of back to normal, which is you're kind of holding a breath, waiting on beta breath for a lockdown or Yeah, it's hard at the happen, moment, isn't it? But mm. just, you know, people that are not, you know, listening and from another country, life seems like there's no COVID in Australia right now. Yeah. Aside from we have lockdowns here and there for a couple of days, That's but it. it just is you forget. Yeah, but it's, it's around. You know, there's footy matches going on with full audiences and wild. Supposedly, yeah. that was the biggest sporting event in the world since COVID. Really? Yeah, supposedly. Wow. Yeah. God. So it's it's so hard because I'm kind of in two minds about it. It's great because it's a step forward, but then at the same time, I'm like, oh my goodness, like there is. There is some rad shit still going on in the world with so many countries. Yeah, I think we've just especially be, in India. Oh my goodness, we've just got to be so. I think we've just got to be so careful. But we're going to take those little wins in, especially in Victoria, after how badly Victoria suffered last year. Um, we're looking really good, and yeah. So, fingers how many weddings like would that. you say you're doing this year that were meant to be last year in 2020? Oh God, um, basically like postponements. All of our weddings from January to April were postponements, bar I think two. Um, And it was funny because a lot of our new bookings that had booked for the start of this year have actually postponed to the start of next year. So... um, Why? Just they were... International. um, International guests. The couple was international. Um, It's just... It's borders. Borders are stopping... um, probably 50% of our couples from getting married. Mm. So that's hard. Mm. 
they're still living on a knife edge and and they don't know which way it's going to fall well, at the moment. We went to a wedding on Saturday. Yeah. That was meant to be you know at Quatquata, there was going to be over 100 people there and the groom is English. So his oh. whole family and friends were coming from England. And they just cancelled Quat Quarter and rebooked it at the registry office because it doesn't look like any time soon nah. his family would be able to come. So they just live streamed it. So the family in England woke Aww. up at 3am, got Aww. dressed up oh, like they were going they? to the wedding. <laughs> That's got cool. dressed up like they were going to the wedding and had drinks and balloons and um, styled the house and they live streamed it at the registry. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was actually quite oh, funny. That poor groom. Yeah. It's so hard because you yeah, also not having can't, his parents Yeah, there. Mm. and you also can't put your life on hold no. forever. Well, that's so what they thought. So you can't just keep you know, pushing it out. That's that's what they thought. And I think they're just going to have – because they're moving back there next year. So I think oh, they're going to really? have like a second yep. wedding in England. Yep, but yeah. 100%. And like we sung – um. Ain't no mountain high, and the and like they were all kind of like drinking and Aww. sitting there. At oh my god, at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I know. If any group of family members that are gonna do that are gonna sit and drink at three, it's probably gonna be the. English. I know. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's it. Oh, I love it. So, now, Andy, best and worst of the week. Um, tell what's me, my best. I've actually had a really great week. I'm trying to think. My best of the week. Oh, I went to a day spa in Torquay yesterday and I went by myself and <laughs> I went in the hot like springs in the sauna. Oh my goodness. And I just like didn't Actually, look you at look my phone. Dewy and glowy today. Yeah, I just so had like some time out from the baby for a couple of hours because my mother-in-law and father-in-law babysit every Wednesday and they just say to me, go do whatever you want to do for the full day on Wednesday. Oh my God. So I yeah, they like your book your doctor appointment. So on Wednesdays, I just have a day where oh, I can do it, do my stuff. Yeah, it's I love so that. random. And That's they drive the best. all the way from Waterball, which is like two hours here just for a Wednesday. I mean, they want to spend time with her. Of so course. they just take her out in the pram and go get coffee and like live their best lives. And I live my best life. Oh my gosh. So I just, I I just went in-laws. to RACV Resort and I just like laid in this, like, they have like um, these like long kind of lounge chairs in yes. the pool with jets. So yes. you like lay on the lounge chair mm. and it pushes you, you up. So you're kind of like floating, laying on top of this lounge chair on top of like the Stop water it. and then like they have this huge like sauna it's like a particular type of sauna yeah i don't want to say the name of it because i'll probably pronounce it wrong <laughs> hamam or something hamam don't know and it's like marble inside and this big like it had this huge marble round disc in the middle of the room and you like lay on this brown like marble disc in this oh hot room and it's and like I was the only one there. So I was like going from the pool to the sauna, this beautiful sauna and back and back. And then they've got like a re- relaxed lounge and you can go sit in that in between and they bring you herbal tea and then you go back to the pool and the sauna. And oh, my god! Yeah, I was just loving life. That That is living your actual best life. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> For a Wednesday. I highly recommend. Oh. And worst of the week, I really haven't had anything. Uh, Noah's going through a four-month sleep regression, so she's waking mm. up quite a bit again, like a newborn. Um, but that's fine. I mean, other yeah. people say when they go through the four-month regression, their baby wakes up every hour, whereas yes, Noah's only I've just waking that. up at four and then maybe yep. five and then 5.30. That's about Although it. she's getting through a little bit. So, yeah. yeah. What about you? Okay. Um, best? Oh, I went and saw um, Roan's art exhibition at Geelong Gallery yesterday. I took a couple of hours of... Oh, fun time Wednesday for me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
me time yesterday and went and saw his mini install that he's done at the um, Geelong Gallery. What and is it? I don't oh know my anything God. about okay, this. Okay, so he is a world-renowned street artist. Um, he is from Geelong, which is really cool. Um, he His art depicts the life cycle of beauty basically so he's really well known for conceptualizing art from the moment it's born and the how the beauty decays over time and that beauty is still beautiful even in death and decay which I know sounds really morbid what is it paintings or photographs or what is it no it's a full like art inst- like an installation so if you you walked into Roan's uh, into the gallery Geelong gallery and he's converted he picks in his um process he picks like an artist or um the history of a certain space or a time and conceptualizes an entire moment based on that and then brings it into a completely random space and completely recreates it so he brought in a uh, yes well the room in Geelong is um a decaying reception so like a dinner party or something like that and he'd spread this room in the gallery that had um the decay of darkness to the decay of light and it was the room was an entire setup. It had, you know, chairs, tables, and it, w- it was made to be as if the room was just abandoned and left to its natural decay form. Mm. It sounds kind That's of cool. morbid, but if, yeah, have, have a look at go. my stories, have a look at my post that I've just put up today, Google him because he is just the most incredible um, – He's a visionary. He's he's amazing, and he has what he's really well known for is having um, women as his muse. And so, what he does, and when you walk into every single space of his, there will be a woman's face or her prone form, so her form laying down, um, on a mass scale. So he did a a couple just before COVID. He commissioned. Oh, I can't even remember. I think it was like a homestead in the. Dandenongs or maybe yeah it was in the towards the Dandenongs in Victoria and he had 12 rooms and every single room had this woman in it and all different forms of decaying rooms and he filled a room like half full of water to emulate a flood and he had a library that he had painted on all the front of the books um, a woman's face so you had all these books in a library but it made out the shape of this woman it's it's incredible it's cool yeah it's I really have incredible have a look yeah oh, tickets are really actually, cheap i've seen it on your wanderlust creative on your instagram yes yes oh my gosh so, so that you put up like a table and the painting behind it yes so, so wait woman, is that actually a real table sitting there yeah yeah so it's oh, a complete wow. it it's a complete beautiful. roomscape so he comes into a, a yeah, vacant cool. space and then builds up this historic moment and then creates it like it's decayed over time and his whole thing is about um the fact that beauty exists everywhere you've just got to look for it i've never seen anything like it oh my god he actually like gives me goosebumps and i could talk about him forever but everyone listening do yourself a favor 
His name is is Roan. It's a it's a um, shortening of his actual name. R O N E. Mm. Um, he's got incredible exhibitions, but he's currently open until I think it's the 16th of May in Geelong. Well, I'll have to go have a look. Do I'm putting that on my... Yes, next Wednesday to-do list. Yeah, cool. Yeah, do it. Yeah, tickets um, on sale. Awesome. Mm. So, yeah, so that was definitely my highlight unless you can't tell by my, like, <laughs> fangirling voice. <laughs> mm. Um that was my highlight. What was my – I don't – do you know what? I suppose that the the biggest low light for me this week is just I, I, I don't really watch the news because um, I think it's really depressing. And um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't really want to get too deep into what's low this week. But I think our country has had quite a few um, – there's been some horrific stories um, in relation to domestic violence this week. No, I just can't. Um, and so, yeah, it's something I don't think like we really would like to delve into, but you kind of um, have to. You and kind it's of the have men that to, need I to change. Think. Actually, you know who do a really good podcast? Yeah. Mamma Mia. Yeah, they've and got they some good stuff out about it yesterday on their podcast. But they put um, a photo up every time a woman dies from domestic violence. And they put a photo up and they don't mention what happened to her or what happened, what, you know, mm. talk about the the incident or anything yeah. like that. But they talk about her life. So um, so, so when it pops yeah. up on your news feed, you know, that it's giving be like, you know, explain what they loved in life and how yeah. old they were when they passed. And It's a radical mm. thing. And it's funny because you've got a daughter and I've got two sons mm. and I've always been very much of the opinion that education's got to stem from the problem at the minute and if there's many grooms listening they're probably going to get offended at this but the problem is the men and so to bring the next generation of men into the world there's actually a lot of pressure to make sure that you do it right and I've watched um oh my gosh okay so this is like another little recommendation and I think I was talking to a makeup artist the other day about it There should be in schools, in high school, it should be a prerequisite that they watch Promising Young Woman. Have you seen that movie yet? Mm. Oh, my gosh. It's got Carrie Carrie Mulligan, Carrie Mm. Mulligan, something. Anyway, it is this movie about this girl who seeks revenge on the men and the women that wronged her girlfriend who was sexually assaulted and then committed suicide. Mm. Okay, we might have to put a disclaimer at the start of this episode, though, that what we're talking about right now could be a little bit triggering. But um, it's incredible and it's a modern take on a really, really present issue. And I think it's all based on consent. Mm. Um, Clementine Ford did a hysterical um, <laughs> a hysterical, but very, very informative mm. um video this week on informed consent that was basically taking the piss out of that disgusting and abhorrent milkshake ad mm. that the government put out um but this this movie promising young woman it is something that i think everybody should watch whether or not you have kids or no kids whatever age your kids are it does not matter um but it's a movie that really um shows what happens when a woman is called a liar um when their their desires or um are not um respected um and it puts a modern day you know spin on consent it's it's a 
it's a much what a must watch and I think you know low of the week with what's going on but I think you know taking mm. a positive out of it it's something that I think everybody should watch um yeah. it's really confronting though like it's a super super confronting um movie and if you're not prepared for it don't go into it thinking it's a light-hearted comedy because it is absolutely not but um yeah Mm. It's a banger of a movie and I think everybody should be made to watch it. Yeah. And just a reminder, if someone you know or you are struggling to cope or having a difficult time and you might feel unsure of what to say or how to help, just, you know, remember that there's Lifeline so you can call 131114 if you're in a crisis. Yeah. We'll put all these in the base of the show notes yeah. as well. All right. So just changing gear. <sighs> Let's, Let's switch it up a little bit. Questions. So okay. question one, yes. what are the major red flags in a supplier contract I should look for? <laughs> um, well, being a supplier myself, we don't tend to put anything in there that is going to <laughs> um, Fuck somebody purposely over. screw you. No. Um, look, I think when this is a kind of a loaded question, I suppose, but from a client's point of view what I would be looking for not so much as a red flag but I would be looking at their payment policies in a contract um, when you need to pay certain amounts of money how much you need to pay and why you need to pay them at certain dates and I would also be looking at their cancellation policies when you need to cancel buy to avoid penalty fees um, and what happens if you do cancel and the reasons for your cancellations um, the, the probably they're probably the two biggest things that I would say as a why couple. do you need to look at payment schedules well because you and I suppose COVID's probably got something to do with it as well but if you've got a guest list that you're anticipating will be between 100 and 120 um, and then you have got 50 of them that are overseas mm. you don't want to tell a company so let's say catering for example that you've got 120 get four weeks out pay for 120 people and then have a border closure or know that there are some that aren't going to come um, and then you've paid this amount for a higher guest list than what's actually going to come so just be really wary of when they require your payments and how many guests you've got and the fluidity in your guests so whether or not you know if they're local to where you're getting married then you're not really going to have a problem unless they're sick mm. Um, mm. or unless something radical happens but if you've got a lot that are coming from interstate or overseas especially at the moment I'd just be really mindful that if you're happy to just pay your supplier and you know hope for the best for, for your guests by all means do it but if you're a little bit unsure or um, you know they're in England and they can't make it here and there's no chance they're coming in two months, um, you know, to even think that would be crazy ludicrous. But, um, yeah, I would then make the call to cut your guest list before you owe the suppliers the money that they require to be able to start to pre-purchase, say, food or flowers. Um, another thing with a contract I would really look for is everyone looks at what contracts include. Um but I would look at what they don't include. So I'd be really, really – that would be the first place I'd go and have a look. Would so be what kind of things would you be looking for? Like what um, – So for – again, let's stay on catering. For catering, um, I would go to what they're charging you for. Um, staff, ice, garnishes, um, bar, food per head, blah, blah, blah. But 
that's all kind of relevant. But then I would go down and just have a look at what they do not include. So um, catering companies, a lot of catering companies do not include glassware. So you've got to factor in that additional cost. You don't want to get three quarters of the way down on the week before your wedding. And they say, oh, no, it was in our contract that we don't have it. And then you're stuck and have to go and hire at a premium because it's the week before glassware because you can't, you know, you can't sell full bottles of champagne to your guests. You know what I mean? Um, Some don't include cutlery. You have to have cutlery to eat. So you've just got to be really mindful. It's all great to get this, you know, this contract that states all these incredible inclusions. Just be really wary of what they don't include because that's the kind of cost that pop up at the last minute that can throw your budget. Is it bad whenever I got my contracts? I know you had to look over my venue one because that was a major one. Yeah. But, and that's the good point of having a wedding planner, people. (laughs) I'm lucky I've got one on tap. (laughs) But... Very important. You might think I don't need a wedding planner, but they do all these nitty gritty confusing stuff. Like you're paying a lot of money for this. It's like the second most expensive thing you're going to pay other than probably a house or mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. Your wedding's a big one. It's a lot of money. So to pay for a wedding planner that is a couple of thousand dollars or however much they cost to just look through your contracts is extremely important because you just don't want to be left out of pocket if something goes awry. But Laura did look over my venue contract, but any other contract I got, I just signed. <laughs> I didn't even read it. I was just like, I trust this person. Like, it's like you've got a really good team of vendors on for your wedding day. I think though. I did. I was yeah. like, they're not going to. I mean, people aren't out there. People They've aren't got a out business. there to They you. need to make totally. money. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that was my thing in mind. Like they're not doing it for me to write a bad review or, no, you know, they're probably out there to do the right thing by their couples because they want more business and that's what they do for a livelihood. So, And they didn't work last year. I think people have got to remember that. People do their research before (laughs) um, booking someone and reading the reviews and seeing if they've done much work, you know, work in their field. They're not brand new. Yeah, exactly. I think you should be okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And do you know signed. what? I was like, yeah, it'll be fun. Entertainment, sign, whatever. <laughs> like, you'll be right. Do you know what, though? If you're ever in any doubt, just ask us. We are so willing to be able to make sure that you guys have the yeah. best day. And That's we won't our read job. the contracts from a supplier. No. Yeah, ask us or just ask your supplier. Like if you're a bit concerned and, I mean, you may have paid your deposit or booking fee and you've already signed it and that's fine but just – you know, if you need to, if you've got any kind of inkling or you're a bit nervous about anything, there's not one single supplier in the wedding industry that will be like, sorry, I'm too busy to mm. answer your question mm. or no, well, that's your fault. You should have read it. Yep. We're always out there to help. Yeah. Okay. Question us. two. Okay. We've just got the contract from our photographer and he's requesting a 50% non-refundable retainer upfront or deposit, I suppose. And then the final payment a two uh, a month, two weeks out. I'm just wondering what the normal photography retainer is it feels to me this is substantial can't speak today amount to pay someone 10 months out thanks is that normal yeah kind of 50 percent yeah it just can be any amount it can they just decide that they want there is no um there is no standard for any vendor about how much they charge so that first deposit Mm -hmm. is generally non-refundable correct 99.99999% non-refundable. You've got to weigh up 
if you're booking that supplier and they want, you know, like this person said, a photographer, which is 50% non-refundable, if you're mm-hmm. willing to part ways with that amount of cash Correct. if you need to cancel. Correct. So if the 50% first deposit is too much, then perhaps look at some booking someone else, would you yeah. say? Well, or is it just very normal across the board? Anyone you go with is going to charge depending on what? Depending on their if field. If they're a photographer, yeah, venue. Correct. So um, you, f- you tend to find florists charge on the lower scale um, because they do not need to pay for flowers, you know, more than a month out. Um florists are generally pretty big teams so they've got the luxury to do multiple jobs on a day the the biggest thing i think people need to the biggest thing people need to understand is that a booking fee or a deposit that people know it as but a booking fee is considered non-refundable because it locks away a date of a supplier. It locks away the supplier's staff. A lot of the supplier's staff could be taking days off from their normal jobs. Mm. So they have to they have to be able to pay these guys. They book out a date for you. Photographers, they don't do more than one wedding a day. Mm. You're not going to have a photographer like a celebrant that can do multiple ceremonies or mm. a florist that can do multiple weddings. They can only do one a day unless they have a big team and they split their team and they go to different areas. They can only do one. So you're paying for them, you're paying for their service, you're paying for their staff, you're paying for their experience. And if you really want it, that's why you're paying the retainer. Mm. And this must sound like this is from one of our American um, <laughs> listeners, a retainer. But you're paying your booking fee for all those things. It is not as easy as people think to rebook a wedding date. I know that sounds ludicrous and 10 months out you think that you could rebook it and potentially if they are super high in demand, they could. But for a supplier, there is no guarantee that we're going to be able to rebook that date. Mm. So if we've booked you and then said no to others, which at the moment in this crazy time, we're doing that a lot. Like I said no three times this week and it's Thursday and I didn't – Yeah. (laughs) So it's it's crazy because we're already booked but – you're paying to secure the suppliers that you want and I think you've also got to weigh up whether or not the supplier that's asking for a booking fee that you think is more than or you're, you're more than you're comfortable to pay initially are they a really important supplier to you if they are then just pay it if they're not then potentially hold off and reconsider okay yeah yeah because no 50 percent's Anywhere from 10 to 50% at, at a normal booking fee. And you know what? Like pay it up front and then you don't have to think about it either again. Totally. Like Absolutely. you're not going to get to that no. month before and be like, For shit, we did not. Yeah, we owe we eight grand. totally forgot about totally. that. Totally. And at the end of I the would day. I would rather just pay everything up front and then never have to think about it again. Yeah, because you tick the box and you <laughs> move on. Not get to 10 months and be like, shit, I've oh spent all this money on oh, something else, you know. Totally. And at the end of the day, it's like if you're going to – chances are if you're going to lose that booking fee, it's because you have cancelled, not because the supplier has cancelled on you. Mm. So, you know, you've got to weigh up. That's Yeah, it might be hefty for them, but it's also securing their business and, you know, you're not going to cancel, yeah. so don't be afraid. Okay. Question three, need to vent. We just had our final site visit at our venue yesterday and it was disappointing and overwhelming. Mm. 
we want to break our contract and book something else. How do we go about this? Oh, that's devastating. Yeah. Um, that's really upsetting, um, especially if it's a final site visit. That means it's mm. pretty close. Like that, you yeah. know, you kind of do your final visit sort of that two to three months out, you finalise your menu, you, you know, finalise your headcount. Like that's really close to um, – yeah, God, that's really close to go time. Okay. If you want to break your contract, you absolutely, it's your God given right. You absolutely can. You need to do what's best for you guys and right for you guys. And mm-hmm. if you're not getting the right feeling, the worst thing you can do is go ahead with something that you're going to look back on and have spent this money on and be so disappointed mm-hmm. in. Um, be very, very aware that you will owe that supplier money um if you are cancelling after you owe your final fee for the venue you are going to have to go into negotiations with them in regards to what you owe and what you don't um but be very 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 aware and it's what we spoke about just before as well is that it's going to be really hard for them to rebook a wedding three months out on your date. So they essentially have done you a solid, said no to other people, held this space and then you're basically taking away the business for them for that day. And for you, it seems like a hell of a lot of money and you might look at it and be like, oh my gosh, you your restaurant you can just open or you can just do this or you can just do that it's a big thing for a supplier as well and they would have booked their staff they would have done their rostering we don't do it the day before we do it months mm-hmm. and months in advance you know I had a poor couple cancel there in London and they had to cancel a few months ago but we'd already I'd already booked my staff in I'd already booked an Airbnb for our accommodation I'd already paid for all this stuff um you know, so I'm out of pocket here mm. um, and it, it, it is a – it's a big thing. It's 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 a huge th- – oh, sorry. It's a, oh. <laughs> it's a huge thing for vendors to have a cancellation. But you also as the couple need to do what is right for you mm. um, because it's your wedding day at the end of the day. Just be really wary um, that you may have you may owe them money because of how close you have cancelled. And again, mm-hmm. go back to look at your contract um, because it probably would have stipulated in there, um, you know, six months out you owe 50% of your final per head bill, three months out you owe 75% of your final per head bill. So just be really wary of what your, your contractual agreements are because they are binding. Every vendor is going to be as lenient as possible after everything that happened last year. But it is also a business, so you you do need to be just a little bit wary. And can I please give everybody a bit of word of advice? Do not go in to cancelling a booking with somebody on the defensive. Because the minute you step on and say, we're cancelling, we're unhappy, we want our money back, it will throw absolute shade at the vendor who has gone through just as shitty time as you guys did last year but different and it'll put them on the back foot mm-hmm. so just be really careful when you're talking to them remember they're, a person, they're a, person a person and it's a business and it's a business 
just be really careful how you talk to people. More than likely have had a really rough time with COVID last year. Absolutely. Yeah. And everybody's and everyone's just trying to do their best for everybody else. So you just need to give and take. I think you can't be Yeah. You know, and sometimes you also need to cut your losses. You do. Because you know, at the end of the day, like I've been speaking to um there's an incredible company called Event Law um for vendors. Um that write your contracts and give you advice from a business point of view. And, you know, at the end of the day, if somebody really wanted to be an asshole, it's in your contract. That's what you signed on for. That's what you owe. But there is not a whole lot that will force that upon you if you approach it in a way that is not aggressive or demanding. Just remember that they are people just like you. That's it. And good luck. Okay. Next week on Wedding Planning Q&A, The Hit List, we answer three of the most asked questions from our listeners. The dreaded gifting option. When your friends ask for cash but you don't know what to give, um, do you have to send to save the date or can you just email an invite? What's the appropriate invitation set up? And how far in advance do you need to book your suppliers, the ones mm-hmm. that are not your priority? So if you have a question or would like our advice, simply record your message and slide on into our Instagram DMs or leave us an email with your message attached to hello at theyouandmepodcast.com. Thanks for listening.